the last thing you want to do is close on something unless you really know your management is in place, that you are going to be collecting funds and I'm protecting the lender and I'm protecting the gap lender. Everyone has to be protected in this transaction. And unless you really know the money's coming in, what's the point? Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Good day, good day. This is Big Fat Real Estate Checks. This is Marco Kozlowski, obviously Canadian. And I'm Canadian. here with Gabriel Araish, who is out of Montreal for now. And then we have Francesco Galluccio from Toronto that lives now in Orlando that grew up in Italia that is all over the place. Yes. Yes. It's going to get weird real fast. He's really an Ontarian from Woodbridge, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all good. All good. So hopefully uh, you know where you are. This is Big Fat Real Estate Checks. If you have not listened to the first 10 podcasts, please do. It talks about asset-based lending and how you can use skills and the existing tools that are around you to generate massive amounts of wealth and harness inflation and uh, really use inflation to your advantage so you're not crushed by it where things are costing more, but actually crushing debt by using asset-based lenders. So it's a really great one-two punch, building as many assets as you can so you can uh, really build your wealth using none of your own money. And our objective is for you to get as much value as possible for us to give to give. And uh, we're very pleased that we have over 1,000, 1,000 five-star reviews. Very, very pleased about that. And we can't do it without you. So thank you so much. And now we're, we're eyeing for 10,000 and we'll see how quickly we can get there so in one year we did one let's see if we can do 10,000 by next year let's see if we can do that It'd be nice to do it so on the last podcast again only listen to the last podcast I can't say the last podcast if, if <laughs> only listen to the last podcast if you have not uh, listened to the first 10 what am I talking about if you've listened to the first 10, listen to the last <laughs> podcast. My goodness, yeah, what's, it, what's wrong with my brain today? drink anything. You just had coffee. No, it's coffee. Yeah, that's it's all it is. It's, and water. It's, it's coffee, coffee and water. But what's in the coffee? That's, yeah, that's, that's right. The uh, Bailey's, the Kahlua, the any of that come out. Too sweet. So gross. I don't even put yeah. sugar in my coffee. Yeah. I don't even eat sugar. But anyway, that's something else. So we're going to discuss, what we did discuss in the last podcast that we recorded just a little bit ago is remote areas and the importance of just getting started and not being afraid of remote areas, even though it could be challenging. And the biggest issue that there's two things that will kill you in any real estate deal. I don't know if we discussed this in past podcast, but it's either not buying it right or bad management. Yeah. And I don't even know if we did that. We did discuss we? that. Yeah, we did. But it's, yes. this is so worth repeating. Yes, it is. So I'll, I'll say it again then. Thanks, Gabe. There are two things that will kill you in the real estate business. One is not buying it right. And so many people buy retail. You can't see behind me, but there's a sign. It's actually imaginary, but it's quite large. It says, retail is for suckers, right? That's our slogan. You almost whacked our, Frank in the process there. I did, yeah. sorry. No. <laughs> Step on the plastic, Frank. Step on the plastic. <laughs> Step on the plastic. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, scared for, I'm scared for this podcast to end. <laughs> see what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> As long as you don't get Mike slapped, you're fine. What I put into your car, your daughter saw that she was totally terrified of. Yeah. That was really funny. But he doesn't know what's coming after yeah, the podcast. It's really funny. So, yes. Where the hell was I? The second well, thing. That'll kill you. Retail is for suckers, yes. If you buy it retail, and uh, too many people want to get into a deal, and they buy it retail, they buy it at 100% occupancy, there's no upside, there's no, and they're not buying it at any value whatsoever. The value's already been sucked out of it, and they're paying for it, and it's... Um, there are better ways of buying property. Now, if I had to not buy any property or I had to buy retail, then shit, I'll buy retail because inflation will take care of me. But still, 
I think if you just have a little bit of skill, you don't need to use any any down payment and you don't need to use your own money. So it's anyway, it is what it is. That's why we're doing this podcast to give you value so that you know other ways of doing things. So and management is going to be the other one, bad management. And as you get into more remote areas, the management, a good management, quality management is going to be harder and harder and harder to find. And I know Frank with his mobile home park that he sold last year was a complete I'm going to say a real bitch to handle. And then you're exiting today, Gabe, out of a mobile home park, which is also fairly remote. And, you know, you've had your share of management issues. And Johan, who is was to close two mobile home parks yesterday. Very interesting. These are all mobile home parks that we're talking about. I actually stopped him from closing because the seller hadn't done what he wanted to do. And it's very difficult when you, this is your first deal and it's two mobile home parks and I stopped him from buying it. I'm like, you're not buying this. You're going to delay closing. You're not going to do it. And I'm going to piss off the seller. I don't give a shit. You're not buying this. It's not about, you're going to be more pissed off buying something without the checks and balances that are necessary than you actually making the seller happy. It's not worth it. So what was he missing? What was the, the special ingredient? What was this? Because I haven't even discussed this with you guys yet. No. You know, we haven't talked since, um, you know, for a while. So the seller was to do a Passover of, uh, to, the new ownership and the seller uses a, a program management software where they can pay online mm-hmm. and they can pay through you know credit card or debit or however they want to pay right? yeah. so they choose and they can do that and they historically do it automatically right so he hadn't stopped the automatic payment because he didn't know if it was going to close or not which makes sense right i'm not stopping anything until i know it's closing and he wouldn't do an estoppel letter or, you know, a, it's not really an estoppel letter. No, it's so an assignment of, uh, it's an assignment uh, of rents. It's an assignment of rents. It is an assignment of rents, which we have, but he didn't tell the tenants that there was a change of ownership to this is where you now need to pay. Here's your new payment portal. So today's the 30th. So if they closed, it was supposed to close today, yesterday. So he's fearing that the first month's rent for December would have all still funneled through Correct. to the previous owner. Correct. Correct. Well, maybe that was the plan. Well, the plan, well, here's the thing is Johan put into our, in our agreement, we have this, we only have one of these, I would call it a weasel clause, but it's something that we put in just to see if it sticks. It's the, we get the rents for the entire month of closing credited. So if you close on the 30th, there's no proration, you get the entire month's rent. So it's kind of handy to have because you get all the month's rent. Yeah, for that month. the end of the month, yeah. Right. With none of the expenses. So you get all the month's rent. Yeah, with none of the expenses. <clears throat> with none of the expenses. So you actually get double rents because your net would be half of what you normally get. And speaking of Johan, Johan is calling me right now. That's really funny. So he probably wants to know what's next, what's next, what's next? Yeah, so yeah. And you're getting rent the next day on the first. Correct, so we would get double rent on that day and then the seller said he would not send any communication until he knew the money was sitting in escrow. The cash was there that they knew that he was gonna close. Because in the seller's defense, this has been tied up since August and the seller has not provided the due diligence items necessary. And in our agreement, we have, you know, if the seller doesn't give us what we need, we're still in contract. And that's unusual for a contract, but that's how it should be because it holds the seller accountable to doing what they promise, right? So the seller was a little skeptical, saw the money was all in escrow, everything was done, everything had been funded by the bank, right? By the lender and the gap lender, so both both gap lender and lender. So all the money's there, seller says, okay, I'm gonna let every tenant know that everything's happening, and that's that. And then I said to Johan, well, how do you know it happened? Where's the proof in the Where's pudding? the proof yeah. of worst? Because he says, we, I'm gonna send it through, he says, well, how are you sending it? 
So he said by email, he says, well, forward over the email or the sense, and then he didn't do that. And then he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do it again. I'll do it through text message. I said, great. Send a text message to, there's only nine tenants. It's a small park, right? So I'll send a text message to all nine tenants, and I'll include you in every single one of them. Seller says, okay, it's done. But Johan didn't get any text. Mm. I'm like, oh, there must have been a technical issue. I'm like, technical issue? How's there a technical issue? That doesn't make any sense. I talked to Johan yesterday because during closings, I'm very active. I think you saw like maybe 20 times every 10 minutes, we're going back and forth communicating. So the seller maintained that he did it. So I said, okay, do you have the numbers of the tenants? He said, yes. All right, I want you to send a text message to the tenants and ask them, did this, A, did the seller send you the, the owner? This is Johan. Apparently, you know who I am. I'm the new manager. I don't want to say that he was the owner, right? You don't want to call yourself the owner because then they no, call you, you know, for all the problem. problems. Exactly. They're going to call you forever and you don't want that. So I still get messages on Facebook from properties. Somehow they found out that I'm involved in the property and they're calling, they're texting me on Facebook. I'm like, what the hell? How do you even know this? Like, <laughs> it's impossible for you to know because it's like entity within an entity within an entity within an entity. But anyway, so shit. And I said, okay, so hey, this is Johan, new property management. We're starting December 1st. I just want to make sure that the ownership let you know, right? They let me know that they sent you a text, but there seems to be a technical glitch. Can you send me a screenshot of what the owner sent? Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So yeah. that's what I asked him to do. Yep. It's not throwing the seller under the bus because you don't want to do that. You don't want to conflict. You don't want to lose a tenant, right? So it's a very well-crafted proposal yep. that doesn't muddy the waters with anyone. One person responded back out of the nine, mm. right? Wow. And they said, I didn't get a text from the owner. Did you get an oh. email? Did you ask him if you got Maybe an email? Maybe they had a technical issue. <clears throat> no, nothing. No, no. So I basically said to Johan, uh, no, you're not closing today. Can you have not gone to the title company and say just withhold whatever that one month's rent is no. in escrow until after closure? They have to release if no one obligation. Pay, so do you want them to buy a property with a gap lender where no one pays? No, no I'm saying they're withholding like December's rent. Let's just say it's $9,000 a month until you confirm that rents haven't been forwarded to the previous seller. Obviously, the easiest solution is just tell the seller, yeah, prove that you sent that everyone. Everyone has acknowledgement that rents are gonna go to XYZ now. Right, right. Well, so what I basically said is we didn't close yesterday because it was a seller's fault. Really, it was. Mm -hmm. So we talked to the lender and the gap lender and basically said, we're gonna delay this a week and then let the seller know that the credit for the month of November, because we're in November right now, about to be December, you might be listening to this in the middle of spring, but this is when this is happening, that we're still going to get our months of rents because of him not doing what he was supposed to do. And the seller signed off on it. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So, But this, this still doesn't solve, like, why would he sign off on this if he just, why wouldn't he just send a text message? I don't understand. I don't know why he didn't do it. It doesn't make yeah, any sense. No, he's, that's it. So that, to me, that's a red flag. Yeah. 100%. So if yeah. he doesn't, so we have a week to verify it. And if he doesn't verify it, guess what we're going to do? No deal. Yeah. Right? There's or, something or wrong. Again. Yeah, something's wrong. There's no something wrong. For you. If, yeah. if he's lying about this, what else is he lying about? So and, and the rest you know, of the again, dude, we've. Sorry. Due diligence, was, yeah, it's fine. We know it's about four thousand dollars a month coming in and it's uh, there's no tenant tenant owned homes. It's all land. Okay. There are twenty six spaces of which only nine are used and the rest can be rented. So there's a significant a upside, upside as well. Okay. And the seller has about thirty other parks that he wants to sell. There's a lot of interesting things that can be beyond, but with all that said, I don't want to close without 
making sure that all the checks and balances are in place. Now, it could have been a technical issue because the seller's older, and it could have been the seller does not know how to send a text message. There could be a lot of explanations. So before I throw the seller to the bus, you know, we trust, but we want to verify. Absolutely. So one of the reasons I'm doing this is you have to make sure that even at the day of closing, you have to be prepared to walk away and you can't be married to the deal until the deal is exactly as it should be. Because buying a bad deal is the worst thing ever. If you've ever, it's like being married to, you know, a stage five clinger, bipolar, you know, crazy person, right? It's exciting, but it's not what you want. It's not what you want long-term at all. So, and that springs down to also making sure you have the right management in place because they have really shitty management right now in place. It was a real, and the reason it took us, I say us, but it's Johan, from August to April. What am I talking about? April is when he had this under contract. And we were going to close in August, and the lender bailed in August. There's something that happened with the lender. They divested from mobile home parks. They didn't want to do parks anymore. So they said, no more parks for us. So we had to, then the due diligence changed because in our contract, you know, we want up to date things. The guy didn't have any updates. And then it took him to, you know, to now to get things done. But either here nor there, we're still about to close if it makes sense. Because if it doesn't make sense, we don't close. And if you don't have good property management, and it is remote, it is like in the middle of Kansas, right? This isn't Kansas. So in the middle of Kansas. And the last thing you want to do is close on something unless you really know, A, your management is in place, that you are going to be collecting funds and you're not only protecting, I'm not only protecting Johan, I'm protecting the lender and I'm protecting the gap lender. Everyone has to be protected in this transaction. And unless you really know the money's coming in, what's the point? So I don't know if you have anything to add to that or... So obviously the seller knew about this and he signed off on the closing because the seller could have bailed and that was the... Well, the seller could. That was bail. The, well. That was. Yeah, a, but there's well, no but reason for him to bail. Right? He's so close to the money. Like he's not. No, he's so bail. close. But yeah. I'm saying not to be fearful. <clears throat> a lot of people wouldn't do this because they'll say, you know what? Okay, I'll trust and whatever. <clears throat> They're scared of losing the deal. So Johan and obviously Marco are not. They're like, no, no, no. Well, Johan this shit doesn't fly. Well, Johan is because well, that's why he called me 75 times. Gotcha. It's like, what, can I close? I'm like, no, okay. don't close. And that I'm glad that he trusts me enough to not close. Yeah, that's and, a huge and, plus. I think it's this. We should give kudos to Johan here because. That's not easy to do. It's not easy to walk away from a deal when you're nowhere near closing. What he's doing now is insanely difficult, especially, I think this is Johan's first, right? Or, or, he, or second yes, deal. Like it's, first, it's, so his first seven that, months that's later. very you know difficult. I mean? so, yeah, that's wow. He's like, he's invested. And he flew to Kansas. He yeah. flew to Kansas, right? He's invested. He's ready to go. The money's yeah. all there. Everything's ready to go. And the seller's jerking him around. And it's a very difficult situation to be in but it's a necessary situation to be in if this all works out it's also going to set the tone for all the other properties where this is how things are going to work with us yeah so this is like i said kudos to you johan whether you're listening or not but it's a hard thing to do and but good on you for doing it good on you for listening and trusting the process the reason you want to do it is again you just don't want to buy something where you're not going to get paid yeah, we said it a number of times, right? No deal is still better than a bad deal. 100%. Well, I'm only going back to management. So it's in a remote area in Kansas. Oh, yeah. You know, finding management, I'm sure it wasn't. He only found one. Oh. There's another strike, right? Oh. We want three. So the tenants are always paying apparently on time, right? But he has a software. Can't you validate that? Yeah. 
Okay, so that's good. Okay, so if, well, hold on a sec. If there's only one management, hold on a sec. So what's his contingency in case this manager... He doesn't have one. Like in another previous episode where the manager, you know, becomes a druggie and uh, has issues disappears. And, and disappears for, you know, months and you don't have someone locally there that you can phone and say, what's going on? His plan B is pregnancy. That's his plan B. There's no plan B here. Oh he right. doesn't have one. So there's another red So flag. he's mitigating his risk based on, okay, people are paying. They're paying on the Sunline portal. Yes, they only got one management. And it's in a remote area. There's a lot of red flags there. Again. In his defense, he has an attorney, right, that already has looked into the foreclosure process or the eviction process on a tenant-owned home. And apparently it's very favorable. According to Johan, I don't have any mobile homes in Kansas that are tenant-owned home specifically. So I asked him to do that research saying, hey, if they don't pay, how difficult is it to get them out? And the attorney that he has apparently also has mobile home parks and said, no problem. We can get these guys out easily. Okay. And Perfect. he'll apparently end up owning the home. So he'll be in a better position. Well, to move, yeah, to move those homes. They're not cheap. In, in Alabama, you have to move the home after you, once you get rid of possession, you still have to physically move the home without destroying anything inside or you're liable for whatever's destroyed inside. And you have to move it off property somewhere where it's allowed to be done. So it's a pain in the ass. Oh, 100%. In Alabama, because I've had to go through this in Alabama. And it's like, ugh, what a terrible thing. Now, again, different states have different rules. It's the United States of America. It's not one law that covers everything. So each state has its own rules and regulations. So make sure you're checking up on when something goes wrong, how do you fix it? That's really the the mentality that you have to have. I can tell I, you I, have something on your mind. Yeah, I, I just if it's a tenant-owned home, so they're only paying lot rent there. 400 bucks a month. So if they don't pay the rent, when you say get them out, they need to move their trailer and get out of here. Like, right? They need to move the mobile. They home. have to move their trailer. Right. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's why I wasn't clear. And to, and to move a trailer is not. It's know, not easy. I know that. That's why. So, no. You got to get a specialized. No, better off paying your rent. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the thing. That's yeah. why I think they're paying. That's why yeah. in this scenario, yeah. they're paying on time is because they know if they don't pay on time and they do get evicted, they're going to have a four or $5,000 bill to just not to move yeah. that unit off premises. And I don't think you could park it on the road. No, uh, you got to find state. another park. And uh, why <laughs> are you moving just, your home yeah. here? Well, because I don't pay yeah. the other park. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. So, well, kudos to him. I yeah. guess it's not easy. if it was a park-owned mobile home park, different. I would be a little bit concerned having that one management there, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's not park-owned. Yeah, because without management, it's just it, easy to get out. Everything else, yeah, yeah, yeah no it's way. It's just easy uh -uh. to get out. And in this case, if it's tenant owned, it's not really easy to get out. And typically, those people pay. You're actually guaranteeing your tenants. And I like, I like that strategy. And I, when you met, first mentioned it, when I bought my park, it was mostly all park owned. But converting those into like a lease option worth an option to buy. Number one, you're guaranteeing your tenancy because now they got skin in the game because they gave you down payment and they're working towards home ownership. And for a lot of people, that's a big deal. A big deal. So you're guaranteeing your tenantship. You're guaranteeing that they're paying on time because if they don't, we have clauses in, in your agreements that, you know, if they default on the lease, it makes the, the option to buy nil and void. So they got too much to lose at that. And in that case, it's going to be very difficult for someone to be in arrears, it would have to be a, some kind of extraordinary circumstance that they're going to do that because they got a lot into it and so they're not going to do it. For 400 bucks a month, no. everyone can afford $400 a month. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Even on a, you know any pension or social security, 400 bucks a month is very, very, very easy to do. So it's cheap enough that the, the risk is also mitigated. And again, there's a big upside on the community to begin with. It's already plumbed. It's already ready to go. It's just they, the owner's old and hasn't just put in the effort to do something with it. So the moral of the story here is 
you got to have some cojones, some big balls to be able to say no. And it's but it's important that you do because pissing off an owner is one thing, but pissing off your entire family on a bad deal is something else because you're not buying this to lose it. That's what a terrible exercise that is. You're buying it to really take care of your future and your family's future. And you have to be able to do that well. Gabe, you... I was going to say, Johan, congratulations. You got big, fat real estate balls, man. (laughs) He does. He sure does. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Like it, love it, share it. Hopefully this is a valuable episode for you guys, valuable content, and I appreciate you, the listener, and can't wait for the next episode where we're going to discuss... uh, I can't tell you. You'll have to tune in. See you soon, guys. (laughs) Bye for now. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, This course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm